this is Lissa and Jerry Lee. Welcome to Experience Eden, This Side of Heaven. We hope this conversation will speak to your heart and inspire joy. Welcome back to Experience Eden on This Side of Heaven. Today we are doing part two of our deliverance episodes. So last time we talked about the importance of deliverance mm -hmm. and how it's not really seen in the church and why we should do it. You know, it's a ministry of Jesus. It's important to the kingdom of God. And today we are going to talk more about how people can become demonized mm -hmm. and some of the basic steps to deliverance. Mm -hmm. um, so basically starting how people become demonized, yeah. we become demonized by open portals so demons are legalistic so they want to have the rights to your house and your house is your body you know we're the temple of the holy spirit they want to come into us control us sin through us mm -hmm. and the way they do that the only way they can do that is if we give them the right to exactly it's just like participating with the devil he can lie to you and tempt you and coerce you but until you act mm -hmm. on whatever lies or coercion that he's throwing at you he's powerless yep so the same thing with the demons if you want to give them dominion or authority over your life you have to participate in it you have to be you know you have to be a participant and welcome them in but it doesn't sound like a welcome mat welcoming in you have to yeah. be very vigilant and this is not something we talk about that we, we are so unaware and we do things not necessarily innocently but ignorantly meaning we don't understand it Exactly. We don't understand the implications of mm -hmm. what we're doing and how detrimental they actually could be. Because yeah. it's just simple things. And we'll get into that too. But mm -hmm. also when we open the doors to demons, we don't get to choose which ones come and enter our lives. We don't get to <gasps> choose. choose again. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about this <laughs> earlier. But we don't get to choose what comes into our life, which is also really scary. Because you don't know which demonic forces you're going to be dealing with. Yeah, in I mean, your life. We talked about this in preparation for this um, this topic, and there's so many things like um, pop culture is so prevalent in each generation. Um, and so I'm an '80s baby, mm -hmm. and you know all the like The Exorcist and all these like horror movies that are so like cult following. Um, they all came out like in the '80s, late '70s, early '80s, um, and. I wasn't, as a young adolescent, I wasn't walking with the Lord or even, I had no idea about any of this mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, and it was such a part of pop culture at that time, like the Freddy Kruegers and the Candyman and um, all of these creepy things and like seances and mm -hmm. Ouija boards. Yes. I did all of those things completely like... Again, I can't call it innocent because it's not innocent, but it was ignorant. Exactly. And it's like we don't really know the implications of those things. Just like you're saying, especially when things are popular, you know, it's like, oh, everyone's doing it. So yeah. it can't be that bad. Think about what's happening in the junior highs now. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm talking when I was like, say, like 10 to 14 ish is when I was doing this stuff, I think. Yep. Um, and you just don't know. And you don't even like even if somebody had told me like, Psh, come on, I, you know, I wouldn't have believed it necessarily until now I'm thinking like, well, I was at a moment when you were telling me this, like, what have I done? <laughs> like, what did I open the door to? Yeah. You know, it's it's crazy to even think about it. And, and it's something we really do need to think about. And, you know, what's done is done. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's not to say like somebody who's my age. OK, so I just turned 43. 
And so there's probably a lot of people my age who did all of the same things I did. The mm -hmm. levitations, the seances, the Ouija board, all of those watching the movies. The, like I said, that candy man where you chant his name and then he's supposed to come, you know, come to real life or whatever. Yep. All of those things that somebody my age would have done. It's like, okay, it's done. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can't beat myself off about it. But now what proactive steps can I take to remedy the, the wrong that I've done or the mistake that I've made? Because here's the thing. We do and we bring upon things with harsh consequences upon ourselves, spiritually, also just in regular everyday life. Um, but God always gives us a way out. God always gives us a remedy for the wrong. And it's not as simple as, oh, his mercies are new every morning or he forgives us. We have to be more proactive mm -hmm. and, and it's a verb. We have to take more action to fix and correct what we've allowed to enter into and take authority over our lives. Absolutely. It's like now that you know better, you have to do better. So yeah. the first step is recognizing it. And so that's what we're here to do. We really want to inform you guys and help you to recognize, mm -hmm. you know, things that play in your own lives, just as we have. And it's a process, you know, it's definitely a process. Yeah. Um, so the port different portals are things such as sins. Obviously, mm -hmm. if you're around going around sinning through your life, you know, you're opening up portals for demons to come in. If you're constantly watching pornography, you know, abusing alcohol, abusing drugs, these are definitely open portals mm -hmm. for the enemy to come and work in yeah. our lives. Yeah. Um, and then there's things like curses, um, word curses. Like you wouldn't even think about that much. Like I was like, oh my goodness, how many times have I cursed my own like sister? Yeah. Because just word curses, you know, just telling them like, oh, you can't do something. You're dumb. Like you're speaking death. Like the power is in our tongue, mm -hmm. life and death. If you're speaking death over people, you are cursing them. Yeah, that's awful. And you know, here's the thing. We so often sin in anger um, and we so often say awful, hurtful things really for the purpose of being awful and hurtful mm -hmm. in the moment. But it's, it's a reaction to an emotion that you don't in the moment you're not able to to really logically plot it out what you're saying and you don't understand the implications of your words and it's really scary because i'm going to be honest i'm that guy mm -hmm. i have said things in the past that i'm ashamed of you know mm -hmm. like as the words are coming out of my mouth i'm like ew why yeah why did i say that you know and of course if i were to pause for a moment and really consider the implications or the impact that my words have on someone else of course I would pause. Mm -hmm. But the enemy uses us when we're most vulnerable. The enemy uses us when we're the hot mode at the heightened emotions of irritation and anger, fatigue, temptation, jealousy, frustration. And he uses those um, those portals of yeah. that heightened emotion to yeah. just prance right into the room and just cause, you know, maximum destruction. And we don't realize that that's not what we our intention is. Yeah. But we we as human beings need to recognize that the impact and the intention are not connected. Mm -hmm. We might not have a detrimental intention, but the impact could be catastrophic. So we really need to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also things too, like not even just curses, there's generational curses yeah. too as well. So this like isn't even you. Like this could mm -hmm. be your ancestors, your great, 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 great grandfather, great grandmother who was, you know, dabbling in the wrong things mm -hmm. and actually cursed your whole lineage, your whole, yeah. you know. And there's, you know what, there's, and we've talked about this before, and I think we touched on it in our parenting um, topic. Um, but there's a lot of things, you know, I've, I can't even tell you how many people 
have said what I'm about to say and how many times I've heard this, but it's like, well, that's just the way I was raised. Exactly. Or that's what my mom did, mm -hmm. or that's what my dad did. And so because it's familiar to us, doesn't make it okay. But somehow something happens in our psychological development that we feel as though we are justified in behaving in a manner that we're familiar with mm -hmm. or something that was imposed upon us. Uh, and so it, it's, it's crazy how we feel like the reasons for our bad behaviors are actually justifications. Mm. We cross the two. Yep. Reasons are not justifications. Yep. And so we have to be very careful and, and really recognize, like we said in our, in our parenting topic was like, you know, just think for a moment, what hurt you? What mm -hmm. did you feel that was traumatic to you? Okay, so don't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's really that simple, <laughs> right? Yeah. So just, you know, don't cause the, the trauma to others that was caused to you. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a very simple concept. Yeah. Um, but it's like, think before you speak, obviously. But we don't. Yeah, <laughs> you know? definitely. And we see this a lot, too. Just even like, like say, like alcoholism, right? Mm -hmm. It's like your great grandfather was an alcoholic, then your father. Mm -hmm. It's like you can see these trends or like, say, infirmities like cancer, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, my grandmother, my great grandmother, my mom, like you can see the things going down your generations and what kind of that gives you an implication, like what could be there. Mm -hmm. that's working in your yeah. families yeah and it's it, there's very much a nature and nurture component there's very much things that are ingrained in us like mm -hmm. you said like generationally whether it be dna or whatever mm -hmm. but then there's a lot of behavioral attributes and mm -hmm. a behavioral toxicity that mm -hmm. is passed down um because like you said if you know better you have to do better yep well if you were mistreated your entire life and so was your mom and so was your mom's mom and you were treated like all those women treated their children um then you're not going to know better mm-hmm and so that's why it's so critical that we seek the word of God, which is truth and light and joy and all the fruits of the spirit, which are self-control and loving. You know, it, it's it's interesting to me that there is so much darkness in the world that will never be brought into the light unless you open the, the Bible yep. and, and read the word. And all the answers are in there. Uh, and, and it's such a juxtaposition to the toxicity of generational sin. Mm. And so we really need to get into the word and see, you know, like I've told in other uh, podcasts, you know, like a 12-step program, the first step is acknowledging the problem. Absolutely. And then, you know, the solution to all problems really is the Word of God mm -hmm. and belief and trust in Him. Yeah, definitely. And just like you're saying, too, like those things, like those abusive habits and stuff like that happening when you grow up, that's also an open door. And it's not even your fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, your parents or whoever's abusing parents, parents. you. Yeah, mm -hmm. parents, parents, like abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse like that are those are definitely open doors. Even in the womb, mm -hmm. you can curse your own child. And these are things that we're just unaware of. So you oh, can literally, <laughs> yeah, come into the world starting off with a generational curse, starting off with some type of word curse, starting off with something. And it's just like, where are we in our church? Like where we're talking about these things. There's so many people who have like this, these weights on us and they don't understand why. Right. And it could just be happen. It's not, sometimes it's not even our fault. Mm -hmm. it, it's crazy. And, but the, here's the thing too. Um, there isn't, unless you are being mentored in godly fellowship, mm -hmm. these things are so shameful. Mm -hmm. 
and so hidden in in the um, like behind the velvet curtain of family sin and darkness and secrets that unless you're truly seeking the Lord and being mentored by um, a godly person or a church or a pastor or something like that, unless you're seeking the Lord and seeking mentorship in his name, um, those things will stay hidden and stay secret because exactly. shame, shame keeps us shackled because we don't want to admit what is so shameful and we don't want to certainly don't want to work on it because that would require us having accountability and mm -hmm. responsibility and having the the shameful thing the secret thing exposed oh that's so true that. yeah and it's and a lot of places don't make it safe for people to want to do that too so they mm -hmm. just kind of internalize it yeah. and don't deal with it yeah it's just such a stigma there's there's such a stigma to sin mm -hmm. and by sin i mean you know like you said alcoholism or yeah. or abuse or whatever there's such a, a social stigma mm -hmm. attached to all of that that you know in order for an alcoholic to be healed in Jesus' name, you're still going to need earthly intervention, meaning mm -hmm. AA, a support system, accountability partners, whatever. And so maybe to a, a housewife mm -hmm. or a mom or a teacher or a pastor or, you know, a, a high digit attorney, they don't want to go and stand in, in a meeting of their peers and say, hi, I'm Joe, I'm an alcoholic. They don't exactly. want to do that because they don't want to be outed because they're otherwise highly functioning, mm -hmm. you know? And so like, if I can just keep it all together and nobody will know, but, but what is keeping them from healing is the shame and the secret. Exactly. And so we just have to break that stigma. And us as Christians, we're not called to judge or condemnation. We're called to compassion and healing mm -hmm. and through the word of the Lord. And so it's funny because, and I've said this before, you know, sometimes when we become Christian and we're born again, we forget who we were mm -hmm. or we forget how we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, and so we kind of forget like, oh, you know, I was a sinner and now I'm working on my sanctification yep. and trying to be conformed to the image of Christ, even in my sin, mm -hmm. even in my iniquities, that's still the goal. Mm -hmm. And we look over at the new person who's just trying to get it all together going, oh, I can't believe you're there. Mm -hmm. You're there. Oh, yeah. But we get this holier-than-thou, self-righteous air about us because Pride. we think we know better. Mm -hmm. But are we doing better? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so true. Um, some other portals, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a huge one. Demons love unforgiveness and this is this is hard it yeah. is especially like we're talking about going through traumas you know going through all these things and how it's how do you forgive someone you know who's raped you family members things like that like those are hard things for people to deal with but the unforgiveness hurts you more than the other person you harboring that and holding on to that is just it really hurts you a lot more than anything else yeah and the reality is that um Forgiveness. So, so forgiving someone who is legitimately in the wrong mm -hmm. doesn't justify what they did. No, not at it, all. You know, yeah, and it doesn't make what they did okay. Mm -hmm. Neither does it mean that their relationship has to be reconciled either. The forgiveness that you give a person who has wronged you or sinned against you is really a gift you give to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like that old saying, you know, they say anger is like you drinking poison and hoping the other guy dies. It's like it, it poisons you. It's like a, it's like a cancer from the inside that is so detrimental to your emotional well-being. Same thing with unforgiveness. I have forgiven people in my life, and I can assure you, it's not for them. Mm -hmm. It's really not for them. It's a gift that I gave myself so that I can move onward and forward in a righteous way, and not hold on to that grudge and that that um, that dark place in my soul where I have to. You know, it takes energy to be angry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just think about it. 
when you're angry, it's all consuming. Oh yeah. You know, it consumes your thoughts. It consumes your energy. It disrupts your sleep. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So when you, when you get rid of anger, it's really a piece you give yourself and the other person doesn't have to know. You don't have to calm up and forgive them. It's yeah. a gift you give yourself. Exactly. It's yeah. so true. Um, some other ones that we have are occult practices. Definitely. And I think this is something that's huge in this day and age, like mm -hmm. new age stuff, the crystals, mm -hmm. the like burning the sage, like doing all these new age things are definitely open doors to demonic spirits. Cause what you don't know is like, you're actually like doing chants or doing some type of witchcraft to let these spirits in but they seem so harmless you know it's just yeah. a crystal it's mm -hmm. just i'm just burning sage. like no you're not just doing it you're actually opening doors and that's what the enemy wants you to do he wants to twist it just enough to make it look like no it's not that bad you know you're mm -hmm. this is fine you're bringing in good energy right or, and things like that you know what what trips me out and and i heard it so many times in my life and it it didn't carry the weight at the time that it does for me now. Mm -hmm. People go, I don't believe in God, but I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Like, yeah. What does that really mean? Really, though? But people say that all the time. No, they no, do. no. I don't go to church. I don't mm -hmm. believe in God, but I'm spiritual. It's like, what spirits are you communing with? Exactly. What kind of spirits? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, people, people really have secularized certain words, and they think that in the secularization of it, that it somehow like numbs it or mm -hmm. makes it less important or impactful. Well, actually, when you attach being quote unquote spiritual to something other than God, it is the opposite of God. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's what's so detrimental is when you put your faith or your trust or your energy or your time, not only is it, not only is it, um, you know, evil or occultish or whatever, it's actually idolatry all, mm -hmm. also, and that is clearly named in the Bible. Yeah, You know, idolatry, we think of idolatry as the golden calf, you mm -hmm. know, and worshiping a golden calf. No, idolatry is anything that you put your trust and your faith and your energy and your attention into that isn't God. Yeah, exactly. And I think people are searching so much for that spirituality. Mm -hmm. They're searching for a higher power. They're searching for something. Mm -hmm. They're just searching in the wrong thing. So yeah. they're looking to horoscopes to tell them their future, you know, mm -hmm. demonic. They're looking for, mm -hmm. you know, Ouija boards. People are playing. They want an encounter with something spiritual. They're just doing it in the wrong way. Right. And what people like, uh, if somebody has the sage or um, a crystal or something like that, um, it's such a passive thing. Mm -hmm. So they're looking, it's, it's more like a good luck charm, really, when you think about it. But when somebody's like holding this crystal and this crystal is whatever for energy, healing, mm -hmm. protection, whatever they claim it does. Um, so when they're looking at this crystal saying, okay, this crystal is going to do this for me. Mm -hmm. It's a passive thing. They mm -hmm. want, they want luck bestowed upon them or whatever fill in the blank thing it is, protection, yeah. wealth, health, whatever. Um, and they're missing the whole point because not only is that not godly, mm -hmm. not only is that idolatry, it's actually the opposite of what a relationship with God is, which is engagement in a two-way relationship. Mm -hmm. And so when they're acting, they're asking this thing to give them something that they desire. It's so opposite mm -hmm. of what God is. God wants to give you what you desire. Exactly. He desires more for us than we can even imagine. Exactly. But it's not, uh, he's not a genie in a bottle who grants wishes. He is an almighty creator who created us to be in relationship with him. And he is a relational God. Mm -hmm. He desired to be in relationship with us. He created a man and went, this isn't good. 
He needs a partner yep. and created Adam and Eve together to be in union together in relationship with him. He's a relational God. He's not a wish granter. Yep. And so that's what people are so missing that, that God wants us to have good fortune. God wants us to be blessed abundantly, but it's out of, and it's a ripple effect of the engagement of relationship with him. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> so true. <laughs> um, some other things too, cursed items. So there are definitely people who you can like you come back with souvenirs from other places and think you have no idea where these things have been. There's, you know, different mm -hmm. seances, just exactly like spirits put on items that you're bringing into your home. That's what you have to be very careful what you brought, bring mm -hmm. into your home. The church that I'm going to right now, witches used to leave presents you know, at the church, lo and behold, yeah. like they're cursed items, like they're demonic. Yeah. And these are things that we have to watch out for. We don't know where we're getting our things from people. Mm -hmm. And those there could be spirits attached to those things. And then you bring them in your house. And all of a sudden, you're feeling, you know, rage, you're feeling all these different emotions that yeah. and you're not sure where it's coming from. That's so wild. And Forgive me if you were going to talk on this, but something that we discussed, again, just in preparation for this topic, um, was soul tie artifacts, if you will, or soul yeah. tie items. Getting so, to that next. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Go <laughs> sorry. On. No, I just because I never thought about it. Um, you know, like, okay, someone like me, for example, been married, divorced. I, I share a son with my ex-husband. So, you know, there's going to be interaction there. Um, and, you know... I would almost think like, well, I'm mature. I can keep items around that remind me of, of my ex-marriage or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I would think that I'm mature enough to coexist with something from that phase of my life and not be affected. Yep. Right? You know, I would, I would think that. But I never understood the implication of the soul tie connection to an artifact mm -hmm. or a soul tie connection to something like, you know, obviously my son is a part of him. Yeah. I'm not going to escape his aura, you know what yeah. I mean? Or whatever you call it, or his energy. I'm not going to um, escape that. But at the same time, I don't need a piece of jewelry he gave me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so little things like that, that I just never, um, I never really made a spiritual, and I'm, when I say spiritual, I mean a spiritual realm connection to a thing. Yes. And I, I was so um, enlightened when you shared that with me because it was, that wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm a big girl. Right? <laughs> I have something from yeah. that phase of my life. And, and not even think about it. Yeah. And there's no emotional attachment yeah. to it in my exactly. mind. Exactly. There's no emotional attachment. Like, like the only attachment I have to that season of my life is my son. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, I think like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's a done deal with the exception of my son. Mm -hmm. And then I realized like, why would I want anything other than my son from that season of my life in my current home, in mm -hmm. my current relationship? Uh, and I just never thought about it. Yeah, it's so crazy. And soul ties, you know, this, it has such serious implications in the spirit realm that I think our generation, like, is so misled and misguided mm -hmm. in. When I'm talking about soul ties, it's anyone, you know, you have sexual relationships with that mm -hmm. are not your spouse, not your husband, not your wife. So fornication, perversion, things like that. With and not people, like meaning while you're currently married, like in the past. Yeah. Even before the relationship. Not not just adultery, because adultery is clearly awful. Yeah. But even prior to, you know, 10 years before you met your, your partner. Exactly. Your, your Boyfriends, girlfriends, yeah. things like that. You're creating a soul tie with them. Every time that you have sex with them, 
you're creating a soul tie with them in the spirit realm. That's why sometimes, you know, you, you don't see them for years and you see them, you're like, <gasps> you, there's something in you that you just still feel. And that is, those also are, you know, open things to the spirit realm as well. If you have a bunch of soul ties in your life, these are not, those are not of God. Those are ungodly soul ties. Mm -hmm. The only soul tie that you want to have is with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And I wish, you know, I know to a hyper high hormonal teenager slash young adult, um, trying to explain that to them, it's just phew, right over their mm -hmm. head. You know, it's like, what are you even talking about? Even even Christian ones, uh, it's I, I, I'm sad that I feel, may, and maybe because I'm in my flesh and I'm in that category mm -hmm. of having inappropriate soul ties and having had sex out of wedlock and mm -hmm. having sex before marriage and things like that yeah. where, my God, I wish I had known better. I wish that wasn't something that I have in my legacy is that I did that. Mm -hmm. um, now that I'm older and I understand that sex is so much more, mm -hmm. so much more significant, so much more intimate than just a physical act. Mm -hmm. I, I really wish I had kept that for my husband. I really do. Yeah. And I'm sad that I didn't. And it's not just Shame. a gift that, yeah, it's not just a gift that you give your spouse. And in our case, obviously we're women. So it's not just a gift that I want to give a man or mm -hmm. a gift that I want to give my husband. It's a gift I took from myself. Absolutely. I robbed myself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, a, I'm so ashamed of that. And like to try and preach to a young person about that now, it's like, it's like annoying, you know, mm -hmm. like people are like, I don't want to hear that, you know? And I know there's a lot of godly Christian young adolescents and teenagers who will abide by that. Praise God. But for the ones who are on the fringe of Christianity and the ones who are, have never been exposed to God or church or abstinence or, or, um, purity, there's so many that are just doing the wrong bad thing and not again not doing it innocently but doing it ignorantly mm -hmm. exactly and with no concept of the spiritual implications exactly. of the damage they're doing mm -hmm. i wish that was a gift i had maintained for myself and been able to give to my husband me too definitely and mm -hmm. what we don't realize is when we do make that soul tie we're also taking on the spirits that that person has oh. So whatever they're dealing with, whatever demonic experience, yeah, they're dealing with also comes on to you. Gosh, that explains a lot. Right? Yeah. Doesn't yeah. it? Me too. I was mind blown. I was like, okay, things make sense. Like, wow, yeah. yeah, from yeah. the past, you know, and I feel the exact same way. Like, I wish a lot of things about my past were different, but it's not. But God still redeems us oh, through yeah. all of that. Yeah. You know, he redeems not just redeems, but he restores and mm -hmm. he can make, he can make filth new again. Um, and I have a hundred percent faith in my God, in my Jesus, that I am renewed. I am forgiven. I am a new creation through Jesus. I still can't release the fact that I did those things to myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't, it's not something I like, it's not a shame I carry with me daily. It's more, it more has been like an enlightenment where, gosh, can I just save one person from this? Yeah. Could I save one young woman from this? And the, the reality is, um, on a really deep level, um, I didn't understand my value. If mm -hmm. I had understood that I'm valuable and I don't need to give my body to a man to show my worth or to gain his attention or affection or whatever the case may be, whatever I thought I was doing at the time. Um, if I had known that I'm valuable enough to go, I'm not giving that to you. 
And I don't need to explain why. Mm -hmm. And if you're good enough, and if you are God sent, you'll understand. Yep. I wish I had been empowered in that way, and I wasn't. And no, nobody failed me. I failed myself. But what I'm saying is I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the information. I didn't know better, and I didn't do better. Exactly. And I just wish I could save just one soul. Mm -hmm. Same. That's our hope, really, for doing these yeah. types of things is to inform and help other people yeah. because we went through a lot by <sighs> in experiencing the dark sides of it. So if we can help anyone not have to go through that, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. It's just a scary thing to think, like you said, you know, you, you take on the burdens. And even even just like like you said, you know, you take on the demons of that person. Mm -hmm. What about the other people that person's been with? Exactly. Oh, and you see, yeah, the it's ripple effect is just doesn't even crazy. have to get the spiritual. It's just, yeah. it's just all dirty, really, though. Yeah, you know, <sighs> it's just you don't, but you don't think about it in the moment. And I think um, I'm gonna, I'm going to admit that I was in my in brokenness, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know, maybe, maybe looking for validation or affection or mm -hmm. attention, and going, okay, well, I guess that's that's what it looks like. I mean, I don't know. Um, I was just lost. Same. I was so lost. I think trying to just find your self-worth in a person yeah. instead of, you know, the God of the universe who really gives us our purpose and our worth. And just because before I was saved, that's what I was seeking. You know, that's what that's I was searching true. for. Someone who's going to love me. Someone who's going to fulfill me and give me this and give me that. And mm -hmm. okay, so this must be the way to do it, to be yeah. intimate with them. Like, yeah. no. Wrong sister. And we're in a wrong society. No, not only is it wrong, but like we we live in a society that glorifies it so much. Exactly. And the women's How movement and women's are empowered. Oh yeah. Yes. An empowered woman just will go out and act, you know, in in a um loose mm -hmm. <laughs> to use a nice nineteen fifties word. <laughs> To to um to just give it out because I'm an empowered woman. Yeah, I don't. I can do what I want. I can own my sexuality. Oh God, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not what that looks like at all. Mm -hmm. But you know, we we feel empowered and we feel like we can do what we want. You know, and um, again, it's that you do you mentality. Do what feels good. Yeah. Does it really though? Yeah, exactly. Like, does it really feel good? Yeah. And um and when I say does it really feel good, I mean in your soul. Yeah, exactly. In your soul. And I just was so lost for so long and I had placed my standards so low and devalued myself to the point of pure ignorance when it comes to stuff like this. And I just again, I don't know if I would have listened. I just wish somebody had come alongside me. And of course mommy and daddy say don't have sex before marriage. Yeah. And you're like, what do they know? Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Of course, yeah, okay, mom. You know, and it's just like I think it needs to come from somebody other than mom and dad because it's just human nature to think that mom and dad have an agenda. Mm -hmm. And mom and dad want to ruin they my fun. They don't want these things yeah. for me. Right. Yeah. They want to ruin my fun and tell me what to do because they're overbearing mom and dad. No, actually, they're brilliant. Yeah. And they only have our best interests, but our, our immature brains, our inexperienced brains don't see it until it's too late often. Absolutely. At least in my case. Yeah, definitely. And like, just like you're saying, a lot of this is with society, the mm -hmm. things that we're watching, which brings me to my next point. Mm -hmm. Huge open portals are entertainment, mm -hmm. music and TV shows and movies, music. Think about the music nowadays. Oh, mm -hmm. my goodness. How demonic it is. The, oh, my gosh. The, did you see the Travis Scott concert? Like the one where people die from yeah. being crushed. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That yeah. was so demonic. The stage was set up like a portal to hell. His shirt had things going to hell. He's humming as bodies are being passed through the crowd like yeah. so demonic and people there like 
could yeah, feel frenzied. it. Yeah, yeah they yeah. can feel it. They're saying stuff about it. They would pass out because they had like this low frequency going on in between sets. Like music and hearing those things is so demonic and leads you. And he was actually cursing them. He was through the music. Well, you know what's interesting is that um, music is powerful. And, I, you know, back in the day when Elvis came out, it was devil music, you know. And But the, here's the thing. We were designed to be musical. Mm -hmm. In heaven, we're going to be worshiping with music. Mm -hmm. Music is biblical. Worshiping through music is biblical. Yep. The profound impact of music is biblical and godly. But again, what does the devil do? He, he takes things like he knows that most of us are smart enough, generally speaking, to really clearly distinguish, you know, really right and good from really bad and wrong. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is he'll just twist it. He'll make it like, okay, so there's right and wrong and he'll make it almost right. Yeah. And so, you know, look at all, like you said, all these celebrities that are idolized. I mean, really, should someone who sings about debaucherous behavior make more than a neurosurgeon as yeah. a career? I, it's crazy. You know, we're broken. Yeah. But like, it's just, we glorify sin as a culture. Mm -hmm. And this is not a new 2021 thing. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. This mm -hmm. is old news. Yeah. We, we as human beings are debaucherous. And we like it when our debauchery and our wicked is co-signed mm -hmm. by culture and society and fame and money. And, you know, we like that. Yep. In our flesh, we want our our nasty to be co-signed and, and rewarded. But like, and I think we've said this in another podcast, and I say it all the time, and forgive me if you've all heard it before. But, you know, people always say, well, why, why do the wicked prosper? Well, because they're not a threat to the enemy. Mm -hmm. The closer you get to God, exactly. the more the devil's going to attack you. Mm -hmm. If you are living and existing in a spiritual realm that is purely evil and toxic and nasty and destructive, not only will the devil leave you alone, meaning he won't place any adversity in your life, not only will he do that, in fact, he'll reward you with fame and mm -hmm. money and exactly. all the drugs and women and pornography and excitement and travel that you yep. can possibly consume because he wants to keep you right there in the sin lane. Yep. So he's not going to distract you. Of course not. Or, or create an obstacle to stop Dirty you. his. No, but but a cute little girl who's trying to be pure and innocent on her knees at Sunday school. Oh, he's going to attack her. You better believe it. Yep. And so it's it's an interesting concept when you think about like, well, why why are why are these people so glorified? Why are debaucherous celebrities glorified in our culture? Well, are you kidding? They're playing for the devil's team. Yeah. And so, of course, they're not going to be showing adversity. Or any, he's not going to resist and, them. And they're following them because what they're telling you is like, oh, you can you can go and drink that. Oh, you can have five men. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, they're just co-signing, like you said, on their sins. So, of course, why wouldn't they like them? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, too, when you're successful in unhealthy or spiritually toxic um, or debilitating ways. So, for example, if you're doing something wrong, like um, like a, a porn producer, for example, they make tons of money. Mm -hmm. They make tons of money. And so the thing is, when that happens, when somebody who is in who is making money off of sin and getting fame and fortune off of sin, they're going aren't I the best? Mm -hmm. Aren't I awesome? Look how successful I am. Look how cool and popular and talented and smart I am. And it's all me, 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 mm -hmm. me, me. And it's all, uh, it's all pride and ego and you know what I mean? And so they're, they're not looking to God. There are disclaimer. There are definitely celebrities who are pure and wholesome and give glory to God. I'm not saying that money and fame corrupts you, but often corruption is rewarded with money and fame. Yes. And uh, it takes a strong man or woman to obtain fame and fortune 
and still keep Christ focused. Mm-hmm. That makes heaven rejoice. Yes. It's just not as common. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I'm talking a lot about celebrities and money and fame and stuff. It can happen to Joe Schmo making 40 grand a year, too. Yeah. I'm not just saying that, you know, but what, what do they say? Money corrupts ultimately, right? Yeah, definitely. And these are the people that our youth are looking up to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's what makes it more sad. Yeah, it's really sad. And again, you know, it's, I think it's up to us. Like I said, I want to have a heavenly impact on my son. I want to positively influence my son. Mm-hmm. Praise God. That's the goal. But if you tell him something, he doesn't think you have an agenda. Oh, Alyssa cares for me. Isn't Alyssa so smart? Mm-hmm. You know? But if I say it's like, oh, I roll in, oh God, mom, you know? Yeah. And so uh, it's important for us to be doing what we're doing because we can take up the space in their head that their moms and dad um, make them feel annoyed or mm-hmm. preach to. Um, when it, we have an impact, we have a, a kingdom impact on the people around us who don't feel like we have an agenda, but we're just coming from a place of caring and a place of experience. Yeah. And so that's why we have to do these things. You know, like when we talk about community and you talk about the relationships with that we pursue with Jesus, it's like, okay, so you hear about Jesus, you choose Jesus, then you seek understanding of him and relationship with him. And then the, the compulsion then is to share him. Yeah. How can I, how can I experience Jesus the way I have and keep it to myself? Mm-hmm. You cannot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, that's the order. You know, you hear about Jesus, you choose to believe in Jesus, then you seek him and then you share him. Yeah, definitely. And you as well, and then you also see it opens your eyes so much to the spiritual implications of the dark side too. Mm -hmm. So because you're experiencing so much of Jesus, you also get so much of the enemy and Mm -hmm. the dark side, but how empowered we are Mm -hmm. being under Jesus, how Mm -hmm. powerful that name is. Like, praise God, I would not choose any other side. Like, I'm so thankful that Jesus saved me. Amen. And we're on this side of the oh, team yeah. because I I look at like people, other people my age or like my younger people, 21 and stuff, and just seeing how lost they are. Like so many people are searching. They're searching for something to bring them wholeness, something to fulfill them, something. Mm-hmm. And they think they're finding it, you know, in women, drugs, alcohol, this mm-hmm. music, you know, partying around, traveling. And they're just filling their time. Like, they're, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's just emptiness. Mm-hmm. And I've funny. been there because I know mm-hmm. exactly how it feels because I've been there. I know what that feels like. I've done all the partying. I've gone here and there. I've filled my time with all other stuff and just trying to find something to fulfill me. And none of it ever did. No. And and it's, it's sad. Just That's another reason why I feel so, so compelled and really so excited. It's not just a compulsion like, oh, I got a job to do. It's like... True, genuine, sincere love and excitement to share this this joy and this truth of life and light with people is because what about if someone doesn't know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like we were talking about, you know, somebody who is maybe an atheist or somebody who doesn't believe or might have an adverse reaction to one of these to one of these podcasts. Mm-hmm. That doesn't offend me. I want to see that guy in heaven. Yeah. What can I do? to show that person Jesus because I want them in heaven with me. I don't I don't want like a VIP list at heaven where only so many people get in. I want all of God's children to choose him. And I take that as actually like a, an altar call of of a of a obligation that I have having received the glory of God and having received so much healing and soothing and restoration through God, I want as many people as possible to experience that. Yeah. I'm not absolutely. selfish about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? 
Um, and that's a spiritual maturity though, that comes with time, just like just like emotional maturity. Like it takes a lot to have forgiveness and mm-hmm. say, okay, I want that person who hurt me the most I've ever been hurt. I actually want to see that guy in heaven. Yeah. And and full disclosure, not necessarily because I'm that grown, but because I know that will make my father happy. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a wayward sibling, mm-hmm. you don't want him to stay wayward. Mm-hmm. You want him to come home to mom and dad. Mom and dad's hearts are grieving and aching for that black sheep of the family. And you want him to return. You want to glorify your father, your parents with that joy. Mm-hmm. And so to put it in like earthly terms, yeah. you know, don't you don't you want that wayward child or that wayward sibling to just come home, get it together, make a better decision. Yeah. Mom and dad are, are heartbroken that you're gone. Come home. And yeah. so that's how I feel now about sinners. Yeah, exactly. And you just want them to experience that so badly. I think that's why it's just like coming from where we've come from with like most people and then just mm-hmm. like knowing the other side it's just like just listen to just me just like come just on. go on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why the, the story of the prodigal son is so profound some people yeah. don't get it and it's like you're missing the point because we're looking at it with fleshly um jealousy or competition it, it's so much bigger it's come home dad yeah exactly. <laughs> you know dad loves you just come home yeah get it together so you know come in these arms <laughs> yeah and it's not a competition and it's not who's a right or wrong thing like we always say don't worry about being right or wrong just be righteous yeah exactly you know exactly. you can argue all day long who's right or wrong just be righteous <laughs> yeah exactly um and then yeah the last one is like tv and movies you know the eyes are the gateways to our souls mm-hmm. so like it's really is one way or the other you're either glorifying god or going to find the enemy there is no in between Mm -hmm. it is one or the other so if you're watching horror movies if you're watching things about death if Mm -hmm. you're you know watching these pornographic now on netflix oh my gosh i can't even there's so much comprehend the sexual shows Mm -hmm. and stuff on there like Mm -hmm. it's crazy to me that that's even allowed to be on but anyways things like that like you you you're watching things and just allowing the enemy to just take over mm-hmm. and to influence you mm-hmm. and it's the temptation aspect of it too but like when you think about movies and stuff like that um and and how prevalent it is mm-hmm. like tv shows gotta have that one scene now or that one relationship that's not necessarily biblical or whatever it's like yeah. driving it down your throat like i didn't sign up for that mm-hmm. you know and then for me i've i realized like oh wow i think my relationship with god is getting deeper and stronger because the things that you know, it's not like I was into pornography or anything like that, but even like I would see something on a TV show, like a primetime TV show, and it would just go over my head, mm-hmm. like something super sexually explicit or, or biblically inappropriate, yeah, and yeah. it would just, I would just I would like, kind of dismiss it, I'm like, yeah, oh, whatever. Now I'm like, I'm like a little girl, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, seriously, or something unexpected happens yeah. in a movie that I wasn't like, you yeah. know, like a man's bare bottom or something, I'm like, oh my god, wait. I'm a grown woman. Oh, but I'm a godly woman now. <laughs> you know, but really. Yeah. And I, when you start having aversions to sin, mm-hmm. you know you're finally tapping into the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And exactly. our society has it so backwards. They tell you when you're grown up, when you're mature, this stuff will be cool. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, when you're grown up and, and when you're um, when you're cool and socially acceptable and relevant and popular... These things will be pleasing to you. That's mm-hmm. what society tells us. Yep. But actual, I don't want secular maturity. I want spiritual maturity. Exactly. So I want to be so grown now 
that those things, I have an aversion to those things mm-hmm. now. And like, I've shared these things with like, with my son, um, he's in eighth grade and I've been around some eighth graders or in a close enough proximity to hear some real foul language. And I'm clutching my brain. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. That eighth grader just said, what? You know? Yeah. And right over there, oh God, mom, everybody at school talks like that. And I have had to tell him, writer, that doesn't show me that they're mature though. Yeah. I get where you're coming from. I was there. I was that age and I get it. But what I'm saying is showing me that you're mature shows me that you can be exposed to sin and not sin. Mm-hmm. You can be exposed to an F-bomb and not use one in, in a sentence. You yeah. know what I mean? So you want to show me you're grown? You want to show me you're cool and mature? Show me that you can be exposed to sin out in the world and and maintain righteousness, mm-hmm. not to duplicate it, not to mirror it, not to be conformed to society, yep. but to go, you know what? I heard that. I see that. You know, I'm, I'm 43 years old. I don't want to use that language because mm-hmm. I'm not scared of my mom. Like my mom's going to grab me. I'm 43. Yeah. She's thousands of miles away. I don't want to dishonor my heavenly father. Exactly. And so this is the thing. Now I feel like, okay, I'm obtaining finally some spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. Because just because you can do something doesn't mean doesn't you should. should. Exactly. So it's, it's, but that comes with a relationship with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. And the enemy has really done a good job in desensitizing oh, yeah. us to all these different things. Like, you know, slowly, it's been a gradual process. Things have mm-hmm. gradually gotten worse and more yeah. profound and more, you know, explicit. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Going and on. Yeah. There's a, I think there's a theory called something like um, the normalcy of deviance. And so when, say you're a pretty good, pretty decent, good, you know, reasonably righteous person. Mm-hmm. And you're exposed to something sinful one time. And you might go, oh, and then the second time. Eh. Exactly. The third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. Suddenly you're not, you're not, you don't have an aversion to it. You're not put off by it. And then you're like, oh, maybe I'll start acting that way. Maybe I'll use that word or yeah. watch that show or exhibit yeah. that behavior. And so the more times that you're exposed to debauchery and sin, not only do you become desensitized to it. It's one thing to be desensitized to something and not notice it. It's another thing to pick it up and mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And over time, you pick it up and do it. And and um, the devil will knock on your heart enough times um, until you fall. And that's what he wants. And, exactly what he wants. Yeah. He wants to just keep pushing, just keep a little bit more, a little bit more. Oh, it's not that bad. It's yeah. okay. It's just one time. Like mm-hmm. just keep. And he's so enticing like that, and so to tempting and especially when society makes it okay it's even harder for you to go against the grain with those things but just like in ephesians you know it says and give no opportunity to the devil the devil is always trying to find opportunity moments ephesians what uh ephesians 4 27 oh i love that one yeah I mean, that's pretty straightforward. It really is. <laughs> so a lot of people are like, the Bible's so cryptic. Yeah. Actually, the Bible says, and give no opportunity to the devil. Yeah. Like none, because he's always there trying to find ways to get into our lives, find ways to mess with us, find ways mm-hmm. to throw us off track, you know, mm-hmm. find ways to distract us. There's always something he's trying to do. That's why it's really up to us to give him no opportunity to do that. You right. know, when you see something like that, shut it off. When you hear this explicit music, you know, turn it off because you're mm-hmm. just allowing these portals to open for the demonic spirits to just come and have their way with you. And like, I refuse to do that now. Like I have done so much searching so much, you know, purging my home, my house. Yes. And it's been so freeing to 
first recognize the problems in my life because just because you become a Christian doesn't mean your past is gone. You know, right. you have to work through those things and doing all the work to free myself from it has just been so liberating. Praise Jesus for his yeah. instructions and in helping um, and doing this for me. Yeah. You know, and doing this for others. And I think that's why it's really important to talk about because I want others to be free too. That's why I'm like so fired up about it because yeah. I just want to see freedom for others because once you know, then you can, that's what the enemy wants to do. It doesn't want you to know he's there. He doesn't want you to know that, oh, he wants you to think that's just you. That's just the way that you are. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong inside you. I'm not at work here. It's just you. Mm-hmm. His greatest, you know, tactic is just to be hidden. He doesn't want you to know he's there. Exactly. And, you know, I think we do ourselves a disservice as Christians if we feel like, okay, well, if we have the Holy Spirit in us and we've accepted Jesus Christ, then the devil is powerless. He is powerless unless we partner with him. Yeah. But if we are not consistently and constantly maintaining righteousness and rightness, Mm -hmm. then we are partnering with the enemy. When it comes to a decision that comes down to moral rightness or righteousness, when it comes down to those decisions, if you are not partnering with God, you are partnering with the enemy. You might not think it's conscious. You Mm -hmm. might not go, oh... I want to be evil today. Exactly. I want, to, I want to partner with the devil today. We don't make a decision like that. Most of us don't anyway. Uh, make a decision like that. But if you're not actively partnering with God, mm-hmm. and, and that means knowing his word, pursuing him, pursuing righteousness, then I'm sorry you are partnering with the enemy. Yep. And when it comes to pivotal decisions, I'm not talking about what your decisions, what you're making for dinner. I'm talking about moral character type decisions that have kingdom impact, that have familial impact, that have an impact on you and your spirituality in the spiritual realm. If you're not partnering with God, then I, you better believe you're partnering with the enemy. Absolutely. And that's true. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. Yeah. And it's an engagement. Mm-hmm. You, you can't I mean? serve two masters. Yeah, it's like, one or the other. When people, oh my gosh, when people have an affair, it just happened. Really? <laughs> you, know many, you know how many steps it took to get to yeah, that point? Exactly. Like it didn't just happen, sister. No. I'm you sorry. just fall and do yeah, it. Yeah. Like, you can tell yourself that. You can lie to yourself, but you're not fooling anybody else. Exactly. And like I said, I always say to people who have wronged me or been, you know, deceptive or whatever, I'm like, look, lie to me, but please don't insult my intelligence. Right? <laughs> like, really. Like, you can lie all day long and we can talk about that, but don't insult my intelligence. Yeah, please. exactly. You know, that that's a whole other insult. <laughs> like, it didn't just happen. No. Okay? It was calculated. And like, you know, like an, like adultery, for example. Don't talk to somebody of the opposite sex in close quarters. I know yeah. we have jobs and things where we have to interact with the opposite sex. I'm not saying that you can't coexist with the opposite sex. But you know when you cross a line. Mm-hmm. You know when you talk to Joe at the water cooler about how your husband and you had a fight last night. Yeah. And you're giving Joe a green light like, oh, really? Your husband doesn't treat you right? Oh, if I was your husband, I would do this. I would do that. Exactly. And it just gets the ball rolling. You know, oh, you're right. You know, maybe if I was Joe's wife, he'd treat me better. No, uh-uh. And so the thing is, it doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bad decision, a poor judgment that just one time dipped your toe in the water of sin. Absolutely. And next thing you're doing a cannonball, sister, <laughs> and, and all of the wheels are falling off. Yep. And so it's like, don't fool yourself to think, well, things just happen. No, yeah. they're calculated. You have to know, okay, I'm texting that guy and then I'm hiding it from my husband. Yep. I'm going to go to lunch with him and hide it from mm-hmm. everybody else at work and my husband. Yep. No, it doesn't just happen. Exactly. It's calculated and, and it's repetition. Yep. And that's making way for the enemy. You're mm-hmm. allowing him to come and play on that. You're allowing him to put those thoughts into your mind instead of shutting it off like, 
well, maybe he would treat me better. Right. Well, mm -hmm. you know, my husband doesn't do this, so maybe he will, mm -hmm. you know, and entertaining those thoughts. Like you have to know between what is the enemy speaking into your life and what isn't the enemy speaking. But if you're not following God, you don't know his words. You're not going to know. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? Like I just said, like if somebody's lying to me, I'm like, okay, lie to me. Don't insult my intelligence. When the enemy is lying to you and telling you that hanging out with Joe is okay after work, don't yeah. lie to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, come on. You don't lie to yourself yeah. before you lie to anyone else. Yeah. And so like, just don't lie to yourself. Don't insult your own intelligence by acting like you don't know what's happening mm -hmm. here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know if a, if a dude is going to try and, and be um, seductive with me or flirtatious with me or inappropriate with me. I'm not going to insult my own intelligence and go, oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really? Come on. <laughs> I, seriously, I'm not going to insult my own intelligence, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you have, you have to, um, to really diminish your own knowledge and your own awareness to say, oh, I didn't know it just happened. Yeah. No, it didn't just happen. Yeah, exactly. And so the last thing I want to talk about tonight is just kind of some of the more popular demons and spirits that are at play in people's life because it's important to understand which ones are at play in your life so you can cast those suckers out yeah. right yeah. so some of the more common ones that i found in my own life that i found helping other people gain, gain deliverance um are let's see okay first of all though demons are named by their function so mm -hmm. usually they're just categorized by what they do um, mm -hmm. so common spirits include infirmities, so like sicknesses, right? Infirmity, lust, pornography, rebellion, witchcraft, rejection, loneliness, pride, trauma, fear, anxiety, um, suicide, religion, Jezebel, addiction, adultery, strife, anxiety, anxiety, bitterness, confusion, control, homosexuality, idolatry, lying, misery, murder, shame, soul ties. Like there are so many Ooh. different ones. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still learning like about tons of other ones too. I'm reading a lot of good books um, on these different things because there are just so many different spirits that can be at play in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's important to know which ones so you can cast them out, but they're all named by their function and what they do. Right. And, and so when you, when you hear it, like for me, when I hear that, for example, like when I hear things like, um, rejection, mm -hmm. loneliness, pride, trauma, fear, bitterness, anxiety, when, when she was naming these as demons, that's not to say you are demonic if you have these feelings. It's not to say that um, that you are bad or wrong or you are sinful if you're anxious. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is those are evil things attached to you. Mm -hmm. So the enemy is using those emotions mm -hmm. to control you for his demonic purposes. Yep. And so... I definitely, like, I just want to make sure there's a disclaimer that we're not telling you if you deal with fear and anxiety. I didn't sleep last night because I, my mind was just going with, with stressful things and, and difficult situations that I have in my life right now. I literally, I started a new job today and I did not sleep last night. And I know the enemy was working on me. He's like, I'm going to make you vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I'm going to prohibit you from being your best you when you show up for work today. 
And as I was unable to sleep, I was acknowledging, okay, I see what you're doing, devil. I see, I know you're present right now. And I just prayed over it. You know what, Lord, if I don't get one minute of sleep tonight, you just encourage me. You lift me up. You fill my body with energy and wisdom. Let me be articulate. Let me be punctual. Let me be functional. Let me thrive tomorrow, regardless of what the enemy is doing right now. And so I rebuked him, literally laying in bed, staring at the ceiling at three o'clock in the morning, knowing I have to get up at five. And I rebuked him. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't feel tired. Mm-hmm. Not a, even a little bit. And I mean, sister needs her sleep, <laughs> right? I need some beauty sleep too. Yes. But my point is, it's an acknowledgement of, okay, I see what you're doing here, devil. Mm-hmm. Instead of going down the rabbit hole, I'm not saying that just because I acknowledge it, oh, I, <sighs> I went to sleep. That That's not what happened. But I was able in the moment to go, I see what you're doing, devil. Mm-hmm. I see what you're trying to do here, and I'm not going to give you that kind of power. Yep. And even in my sleeplessness, I was rebuking him. Even in my sleeplessness and restlessness and rolling around and trying to put more blankets on and take the blankets off and get up and have some water and all of yeah. the things I tried to do, I still knew my father was mm-hmm. with me and that the enemy would not prevail as long as I lent on God's understanding, God's provision, God's power. I'm not the type of person that can go without sleep and function highly. Yeah. I had a fantastic day. I felt blessed to be at my new job. I didn't even think about the fact that I was tired or that I didn't have any sleep. I felt like a champion. Yeah. Because I put my faith in the Lord and my trust in the Lord and said, there is nothing the devil can do with me with missing six or seven hours of sleep that the Lord can't provide in the morning. Amen, sister. <laughs> right? But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. empowering to do that. The old me would have been, oh, dragging my heels. Oh my gosh. I would have gotten that spiral. Yep. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be able to remember things. I'm gonna be distracted. I'm gonna be scattered. I'm I'm not gonna function well today. And I said, nah, mm-hmm. not today, Satan. And I am I am running on no sleep and I feel like a champ. Yeah. Because I trust in my Lord and He's gonna do it. Amen. So right. And exactly. Just because like if you identify with these things, I'm not trying to we're not trying to tell you you're demonized like no. this and that. No, but there are a lot of spirits at work and at play in our lives and i think if we can acknowledge them it empowers us yeah like and that example yeah, yeah. exactly just like mm-hmm. that it empowers her to recognize something could be there something's at play something's trying to mess with you and look at look what happened instead instead of playing into the enemy side you turned it right around put the name of jesus in and the authority that you have in his name and you had a great day yeah and after a day at work I'm here and I'm glorifying God's name yep. and proclaiming God's name and sharing the good news. I could have came home and taken a nap and I yeah. said, absolutely not yeah. today, Satan. I got work to do in my father's name. And she's making a cake later. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have a birthday cake to deliver later. Mama Eve, I hope you see this eventually. I'm going to be bringing your birthday cake. You won't see it to ruin the surprise. But yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got up at five o'clock this morning and baked that cake. And now I'm going to be building it because I'm not going to let the devil distract or disrail yeah, me. Exactly. I got work to do in my Lord's name. I got work to do to build up and encourage and uplift others. And I am not going to let anything stop me. Yes. So Mama Eve, I love you. Happy birthday. <laughs> awesome. Let's pray it out. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the blessings that you've given us, Lord. Thank you so much for the gift of wisdom and information. And Lord, information is power. Mm-hmm. Lord, acknowledging the schemes of the enemy doesn't mean that because we admit, okay, devil, you're trying to ruin me today. You're trying to derail me today. And you're in my head and my heart and you're distracting me with anxiety. Now, oh my gosh, now I'm falling apart. No, mm-hmm. we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We have the word of Jesus Christ, the example of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living within us. And we can rebuke the enemy. We can acknowledge what he's doing, rebuke it 
and lean on the Lord, the provision of the Lord. There is no earthly reason why I should be standing right now, happy and healthy and thriving and proclaiming in the name of Jesus, except for Jesus. And I am just so thank you, thankful, Lord, that um, that you've placed Lisa in my life, Lord, that she can help um, to direct me toward this spiritual warfare that we need to fight with righteousness and with confidence and with boldness in Jesus' name. Lord, that there is nothing that can detach us from you, that can separate us from your love, Lord. And that in Jesus' name, we rebuke the schemes of the enemy. We rebuke the demons that have attached themselves to us that are trying to infiltrate and influence our life, Lord. We rebuke them in the mighty name of Jesus. And I command the enemy to flee from all our listeners, Lord. That they feel empowered. That this knowledge is power. We know that the devil is prowling and lurking and trying to destroy us, Lord. And I stand up and I stand on the word of the Lord. And I rebuke them in Jesus' mighty name. That we close the portals that we've unknowingly and ignorantly opened, Lord. And that we remain righteous in Jesus' name no matter what the enemy throws at us. And we rebuke you and we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope your time with us has brought you closer to God. And makes you feel equipped, empowered, and encouraged to experience Eden on this side of heaven. To connect with us, please find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.